I want to ask you guys the age-old question. Do you know what you want to be when you grow up? Do I count as a grown-up already? Yes or no? No. <laughs> so, I'm thinking, like, pretend you're a little kid. Not okay. necessarily what you wanted to do when you were a little kid, but what you want okay. to do now. What I want to do now. If you were a little kid. If I was a little kid. Oh, um, well, what I want to do now, as a little kid, I, I want to write music. Uh-huh. Uh, the, just the other night, I stayed up all night working on a portfolio to send to someone because I wanted to find a way to work on it more. <laughs> so that would probably be my answer right now is, is uh, I want to want to do music. Yeah. I joke when I was little that I wanted to be um, a cowboy, you know, so I wanted uh-huh. to be a gunslinger, go in and shoot up the town and leave. And <laughs> now I'm a consultant. So I guess, you know, a lot of me got what I it's wanted. Pretty much the same thing. Yeah. You know, I go in there, mess up a company pretty good and get to go on my way. No, but <laughs> but really I get to, I've had a variety of jobs and intentionally. So I'm living my best life, I believe at this point in time. So you're doing what you want to do when you go. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. It'll probably change. And I think this goes along with what is your passion. So Ashton, your passion would be, oh, I want to write music. You know, and I always say that my passion is emotion and influencing it because music is a large part of that. But I also love film. And then also I love, you know, podcasting, you know, because it influences emotion and perspective for people like us and our listeners. All right. I like it. Yeah, I think that's very powerful. And mine is I add value. Right. I mean, if we're going to core underlined value or a statement. So mine is I I, want to add value. And I feel like I do that when I go and do consulting, doing the podcast, working on my book and those things. Thank you. Um, Yeah. So what I see passion as as like what I'm trying to share in this episode, my definition is like more as an occupation. Yeah. So according to Jack Flynn on Zippa.com, he states After extensive research, our data analysis team concluded 85% of American workers are happy with their job, but only 49% of the 85 are very satisfied, which I think is just crazy. And then, as well as, only 20% of Americans describe being truly passionate about their work. I I find it interesting how there's a very in front of that satisfied, for me. Yeah. Interesting. Like, because he says... 85% 85% are happy with their job. That's a very high percentage. <laughs> yeah. But for only 49% to be very satisfied, I just it's it's an interesting concept to think that 50% of people that are happy with their job aren't really satisfied by it. So yeah. they're being happy by not being satisfied, which is weird for me at least. Maybe they're just content. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it seems like a fair way to say it because I know a lot of people are just they're happy enough at their job that they don't want to change. Right. Right. And and we've talked about that in many episodes of change is hard, so a lot of people find that happy medium. Yeah. So I find that interesting that that, that, that might be where they're happy and not very satisfied. And then only twenty five not twenty five, only twenty percent are passionate. So you can be satisfied but you're not like, I don't know, passionate as in like driven and right. excited. Do you think do you think that's only because or do you think that's because only twenty percent of Americans know what they're passionate about it could be but um we'll figure that out i think Uh, maybe not the overall question (laughs) but like what are you passionate about it's kind of what we're yeah we're focusing on today so cool
Welcome to Adults and Decrypted, where we prepare young adults to be independent powerhouses for life. I'm Gideon, and I'm joined with Roscoe and Ashton. Woo! Yeah. Woo woo. So, what I want us at the table and you to get from this episode is how to find something that you're passionate about and how to start working on making it a reality. I and, love it. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting, uh, just to give our our listener the, the background, we actually started out with college to college or not to college. And as we talked to you about it, we realized that really that's not the, the message for you is what's your passion? Yeah. Right? What's your drive? Yeah. Because that answers the college question. Right. Because it helps you define on where you need to go and what you need to be. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So to be a successful podcast host, Ashton doesn't have to go to college. Nope. But to get the skills and the experience he needs in music, he's found a great mentor and Doc Salmons and wants to continue that relationship. Therefore, he's in college. Yeah. Yep. And <laughs> I think we're going to focus on that episode a little bit later, I yeah. believe. Yeah, so, yeah, today is just going to figure out how you find what you're passionate about. Love it. So with this, I've set up four steps that we have. The first is what do you enjoy doing? And then the second is trial and error. The third is what offers fulfillment, and then the fourth is a reevaluation. So, to the first step, what do you enjoy doing? So, I'm asking around the table, what mm. did you enjoy in like high school or extracurricular? You know, for me, high school was about the social experience. It was making lots of friends. It was doing a variety of things. You know, I was uh, even in high school a jack of all trades, a master of none. You know, so I was in drama, I was in football, I was in wrestling. <laughs> I did track till I got kicked out, you know, but, but I also went to the debate team and, and competed at some of the debate tournaments, you know. So really for me, it was about a variety of activities. I was a student body officer and, and, and it was about being and doing and, and enjoying. So, so if you yeah. ask me what, what I, what my particular hobby was, I would say it was just being there and entertained and and doing as many different activities as I possibly could because I knew high school was a short period of time. Yeah, I like that. But you yeah, actually, yeah, for me, um, if we're thinking about high school, I would say that one of or two of the most fun experiences for me and the things I enjoyed the most was um, playing music in the marching band and playing music on our school radio. And the fun experiments I got to do in that radio class. Had such a cool teacher. He let us um, explore, do what we wanted. The radio show The radio show that I was on, I wasn't even technically in the right class to be able to do it. But he didn't care. He's just like, yeah, you guys go for it. It'll be fun. And uh-huh. so for me, I found that um, I really enjoyed, you know, talking on a radio. And then also just jamming music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look where you're at now. You're talking. Not necessarily <laughs> on a radio, but to like a wide range of people. So that's super cool. Mm -hmm. And with this, we're seeing not just what you enjoy doing with classes and with, like, your band. It's, um, like, I, in high school, the high schooler, really like riding bikes, and I really like to influence. And there's a lot of that involved, and there's still, like, hobbies that I have on the side. And I think it would be cool to consider some of those. Like, I really like coin collecting. Um, I don't know. There are some examples. What did you guys like hobbies? Because we're looking at everything we possibly can that you enjoy. Yeah, so you know, I I still like fixing stuff up. I like seeing old things work. I like making the house look good. 
I also enjoy airsoft, so I probably can't make him a living out of shooting people. But and that's not necessarily what we're focusing. No, but I understand. Yeah. yeah. So they're and and part of that is a social aspect, right? Getting a group together. You know, for me, it's like, hey, you and I going out and play is uh, that's all right. But if we can get twenty, thirty people out, it's a riot. So Uh the next thing I want to say is why do you enjoy it? Not just that you do, but why? Like Dad, you said for airsoft, it's the social aspect and. I really like the feeling of doing tricks on my bike. It's super cool to either like feel like you're flying or feel like you're dying. <laughs> I like it. It's cool to feel alive when you feel like you're going to die. Well, I think you guys have said it more than once. Uh, Dad, Dad enjoys anything he thinks might kill him, right? And so that's why I don't enjoy amusement parks because I'm like, ah, oh, we know that we're not going to die on the ride. But going out and riding a dirt bike, I'm like, oh, I could really die on this, you know. And, and I and I and you guys say I enjoy it, but ask my friends I ride with; they know I'm a kind of a chicken. But but it's the social aspect of that that I like more than actual riding. You know, I like to get out and and do. But but I think why is even a little bit deeper, right? Yeah. I think that there's there's a time to evaluate, you know, that that what makes you tick and what is it all behind there? Because there's times I've walked away from stuff, but we'll cover that more later. But so what is that why and why is it important now? What are you getting from it that you need? Right. And we're so we're talking about why, because for our listener, we're just trying to help them think through their things. So they've thought about what they enjoy. For me, my why um, is um, I can't remember if I've said it um, yet or not, but that I really enjoy influencing emotion and then also having my emotions influenced so like one thing along the hobby train that i really enjoy is movies like i enjoy watching movies and that's because they tell a story they influence emotion for better or for worse (laughs) and so um i think i've realized that that's one thing that i enjoy is i enjoy the storytelling aspect of the different hobbies that i i've found i like the fact that you hooked movies up to influencing emotions because there's so many things we can look at when trying to find what you're passionate about. Mm. And a lot of it correlates in one way or another. It's just trying to fi- figure out what it is and put it all together. Well, I think, I think Ashton's sitting on something on his why is the emotion behind it and the tie that brings that through, right? Because me, I have a hard time watching a movie more than once. And Ashton will get on a movie and say, but but did you see what they did here in this score? Did you see what how they drew this feeling out? Did you, you know, and, and I yeah. think that's very interesting because, and, and that's what's so cool about life is Ashton and I do a lot of things that we enjoy together, right? There's a lot of things that we really have fun doing together, but our deep passions are very different uh-huh. and it's totally fine. Yeah. And, and, and so it's, it's almost expected. So it's okay to have a, a variety of whys to help you figure out your passion. And I think it's important to talk through them, just like we're talking through them tonight. I think it's important to reach out to friends and, and talk about, why do I feel this way? Why why is this get me juiced? Why do, you know, what's motivating me about this? Yeah. And to feed into that ever so slightly, I'll try not to go down a rabbit hole, but the other day um, for our uh, one of our school classes, um, People were disagreeing on what they were getting out of the class and on whether or not a review needed to be submitted to try and improve how the class was being taught. And I just happened to be in the position to be the moderator of that conversation. And something that I found really interesting is something that some people had an issue with, others didn't, and that came purely because of the passion that they had. 
They wanted some wanted to be in the class because they wanted to learn from the class. Others were in the class because they wanted to learn from the teachers, because they some of them wanted to become teachers, others of them wanted to become professionals. And so I realized as the person that was like saying whether or not changes needed to be made, I was like, I think this is working for everybody in a different aspect because it's like this is now fitting other people's passions for better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. I hope I explained that clearly, but Yeah, it did to me. Yeah, I get it. And then if this is like if it's too broad of something to look at, what do you what do you like? What do you like doing? We can look at what you don't like. Cuz there's definitely things that everybody doesn't like. <laughs> I'm I'm here pumping my fist going, you know, this is so I wish I would have realized some of that earlier, right? Like I, I, I forced myself to get really good at math and that's what my degree is actually math heavy. But if you tie me to a spreadsheet all day, I get, I go nuts. I hate them. I hate oh, sending you're saying nuts excited. No, no, no. It drives <laughs> me bonkers. Yeah. No, I go, I just go crazy. Now the reality is the good thing is I can look at numbers and understand the story they're telling pretty quick. And I understand that side of it, but I probably would have been much better served to go leverage my strengths and said, okay, what do, what don't I want to be? And and I and I think, really, on the top of my list when I was going through school, somebody who stuck behind a computer. But I also didn't want to be in construction at that point in time of my life, right? So I knew what I didn't want, and because I knew what I didn't want, I almost pushed too far towards the other end of saying, oh, I need to have this this math and these other skills to make sure that I never had to go do some of those other things I didn't want to do. Yeah. So I think it's really important to know what you don't want. I, I, and, and I, th- yeah, we heard that from Jason Hewlett turned to Gene in our conversation on the promise episode and said, okay, yeah. three of you really know what you want. Gene, what don't you want? And he's like, Oh, I don't know. I've never looked at it that way. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're drawing this out again. I think it's something critical to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And more context for our listener too. in that episode, Gene was, the reason Jason said that is because Gene got stuck. He's like, Gene, what do you enjoy? And there was like this pause. I think we edited most of it out because it was long. And Gene's like, oh, man, I don't even know. He's like, that's cool. Ask yourself what you don't like. And so if you don't feel like you know what you're passionate about, that's okay. Because it's probably really easy for you to go, I hate this. <laughs> you know, and you can cross that off your list. That's not your passion. That's cool. Yeah, totally. So going into the next step, it's trial and error. So after you have found something that you're passionate about and you want to look further into research, you know, um, and I want to make sure that we're not focusing on what you could make from going into this field. Like monetary. Yeah. Like money. Like yeah. money. Like how much you'd make a year because it's important, but finding what you want to do is more important than how much you make. At least in my opinion. Well, it's not just an opinion. It's a fact. And, and here's why. Um, and, I, and I bet you if you dug deeper in that research, you'd find those who are passionate will make a lot more than money than those who are satisfied versus those who are very happy. And the reason is, is because when you go to work and you're engaged, but you're not producing, you're not going to you're not going to make as much money. Right. And so I love that you said, hey, it's trial and error, but but don't focus it. It's too much on monetary. I think it's important, though. I think it's important to realize what the industry has. 
Ashton, when he was going into music, I thought, oh man, all you can do is be a rock star. You know, that's, that was my knowledge of the music industry. And he came home and told me about, um, well, I won't steal your thunder because you have some of these points that, that we want to talk about. But there was a guy, well, I'm going to steal, one of them's research, right? One of, one of the points behind trial and error is research. He met a guy through a, a mutual friend and he was able to go sit with them and talk to him. And Ashton was able to dig a lot of information and find out this guy made a good living doing spots. What was it exactly? Radio? Um, for if if you're music savvy, they do. He does a bunch of library work where he creates a bunch of music that gets put in essentially a global library database. Companies can then go in, find his work, and purchase it for their use. Right. He and does a lot of that, but then he also gets commissioned by people like ESPN and. Right. Warner Brothers, and he makes a great, a really good living at it. You know, I don't know the dollars, but when Ashton came home and talked about that, I'm like, oh, there's this whole other side of music I hadn't even thought of, right? So that was part of his research, because I think you're right, Gideon. If you know what your passion is, there's people making money at it. So, yeah. So, yeah. So the first thing was research that I have on here. So you didn't even jump that far ahead. There you go. Woo. And. Yeah, I think you guys covered this one pretty well. Can I it's add? Like, oh, yeah, sorry. go for it. I didn't know if you were had something. No, go for it. Um, something to add to the research category as well is just pay attention to the world around you. And I thought of this because of something you just said, Dad. Is when we were we went to Florida um, not too long ago, Universal Studios, and I remembered we were walking through the park and I realized how much music was being played at all the times. And I and it made me look it up that there's actually a large career of people that just write theme park music. Well, and I was like, I I'd never realized it before. So paying attention, once you've gone through the first few steps of what did you enjoy, why do you enjoy it, and what do you not enjoy, you can then start paying attention to parts of the world where your passion exists, maybe where you didn't see it before. So for me, it was like. Wow, theme parks have stuff. Forgetting it might, but it might have been when you started biking. You're like, I have to be a professional biker, but then you realized, oh, I can just build trails. <laughs> yeah, you can make videos and rabbit hole. But <laughs> <laughs> stop myself pretty fast. <laughs> and it's yeah, so it's finding what you like and then researching on that topic because it could be a small field, but that means there's not a lot of people going into it, and you could always work hard enough to get into that field. I think. Uh, uh, no, you're right. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, guys are making the living being professional rock climbers now, right? If you yeah. told me that, I mean, the guy's got a movie after like the solo or whatever. I, yeah. Free solo. Free solo. If you would have told me somebody was able to, to have the life he wanted, they're calling it the new rich, right? Where they say, Hey, look, I know exactly how much I need to make. I know what I, I where I need to be at. And I'm not worried about having a house and, you know, three cars and 2.5 kids. And, you know, they're defining their life how they are. You really can't have 2.5 <laughs> kids. <It's> statistically, <laughs> yeah. that's how many there are. Yeah, that's that's okay. what a normal family okay. has. That's that's. Anyways, my point is, is as you're doing this research, I think you're going to find a lot more about it. Hello. If you're listening to this right now, that means you're currently listening to an episode of Adulting Decrypted. And let me just say thank you. My name's Ashton, one of the hosts of Adulting Decrypted, and I wanted to steal a quick second of your time to do a shameless little plug. If you've listened to our podcast for any sort of time, you know that we talk about a bunch of different stuff all about adulting. Because our goal is to help individuals 
in this task we call adulting. Now, we have just revamped the way that we do this. If you go to adultingdecrypted.com, you can see all of our episodes sorted out by category. We've sorted it into financial, practical, emotional, social, and things just for fun. So, if any of those categories are of particular interest to you right now, you can go onto the website, look through there, and see all of our episodes that correlate with that specific thing. This website's completely free to use. It's just another tool for our listeners to find things that are more important to them now. So, for example, if I was looking at it, I'd scroll through and say, hey, you know what? I want to see what the Adult Encrypted crew has talked about socially. Well, one of our first episodes, season one, episode three, how do I talk to people? That's where we talked about all about how to talk to people. So if that's something you want right now, you can go find that right now. Also in this one, season three, episode 15, The Power of a Humble Mediator, where we talked to one of my old bosses about his business as a mayor, also as a small theater owner. Some really cool stuff. So if you're looking for a better way to organize through all your self-help podcasts, try adultingdecrypted.com and enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, and then the next step that's on here is after you've done that research and figured out something that you're like, hey, I really want to give this a try. I want to see what it's like. You can go into internships. Yep. That's the next thing. And I mean, I'm not sure how you get an internship. Did In, Dad, yeah, the internship. Ashton um, did one in high school. Yep, I did. Where were you at? Um, I went and interned at our local junior high and... I'm going to have a hard time remembering how it came up, but basically the high school had a class that was just a class that helped you set up internships and you could get credit for it. So they're like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, it might be kind of fun to go teach down at the junior high. They're like, okay, sweet. We'll set it up. They normally let people do that. And so then I went and interned down at the junior high. And well, was, it, yeah. Like, and some of that was your contacts, right? I mean, you had to go talk to the guy and yeah, say, hey, I would mean, you let me do this? And it regardless of that whole process right. the point was is is we strongly encouraged everybody to go look at their field so, and you decided yeah i don't want to teach right for a living not in a school nope not in traditional <laughs> teaching that's nope. probably a better way to say it yeah um sabrina realized i want to she did an internship down at the elementary school and said this is where i'm supposed to be this is my passion this is my calling um, and so we, we had you guys internship early. Um, Gene, in all fairness, went, yeah, I really don't know what I want to do, so I'm not going to intern do an internship. You went over and visited with an architect and went, yeah, this isn't for me. I thought they were going to be outside doing stuff, you know? Yeah. So, But you never even went down that path. You didn't get far enough. The reason why I'm such a big believer in him is my sophomore, or no, my junior year, I went and got an internship to see if I even wanted to do supply chain and logistics could I handle it and I really enjoyed it and a lot of people are would graduate college and say okay now I got to go find an internship or go find a job I'm like you don't have any experience how do you know if you're even gonna like it right so don't go spend four, four or five years and then go try and do this internship just ask people are happy to bring you in you know most places in uh, this uh, research when we were talking about it he said hey I, I don't do interns but here's a bunch of information I'm going to help you. And he'd answer emails and answer your well thought out questions. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't always have to be a traditional 
and I'm putting air quotes out there for our listener to see, it doesn't have to be a traditional internship. It can go be a volunteer spot. It can go spend the time there, you know, as and you don't always have to call it an internship. Yeah. Um, the next thing I have on here is part-time. So I'm guessing, I'm not sure how all this works, but because we talked about preparing this episode, we all work together um, on the points. And I'm guessing internship, you don't get paid for. It's like to see what you're doing and get experience. And then part-time is actually working um, at the place, industry, business, whatever. And Yeah, and, and volunteer, and, and I might have changed a little bit on you. A volunteer internship are different. You know, but volunteer would be more like a part-time. Um, and really, I think the concepts are just to get people thinking about how to get in, not exact. So it doesn't matter to me if you call an internship or a part-time job. The point's still valid. Go to work. Go try it. Yeah, so to answer your, there, there are paid internships and there are unpaid internships. It all just depends on what you're looking for. And some are full-time, okay. some are part-time. Right. Yeah. But but part-time in the industry is go be an extra at a movie and say, watch people. Don't just go there for the money, but actually go in there thinking, okay, I'm going to watch this. Go be, go work in a business office, you know, as, as a, ten, uh, oh, sorry, that's your next one. <laughs> next point is temp work. <laughs> I can keep going. Yeah. There you, go. you can go in and try and go and do a temporary job or, or go sign up for a labor board and just say, hey, look, I just want to go try 15 different things this summer, or 20 things this summer, um, so that I can try out these different jobs without having to be super committed to them because in my opinion the worst thing would be to say i'm gonna go be a plumber and you go there and after three or four years you go this sucks i have a good friend who went and was um trained did the math did all the coursework to become a journeyman electrician hated the work went took a job making next to nothing at a at an hourly rate because it was more in his field you know, and, and and then he stopped finding his passion because he's like, look, I failed at what I was supposed to do. And he never was supposed to be a journeyman. That's the irony. Yeah, and this kind of feeds into the next big point, which is point number three, which um, is fulfillment. So the definition of fulfillment is the meeting of a requirement or condition. So I'm wondering what you guys, what you guys think about that definition. Um... You know, it's interesting because when you, the meeting of a requirement or condition doesn't sound very, um, sounds vague. Yeah. It, it doesn't sound to me. It doesn't sound like it's individually fulfilling uh, yeah, right. or <laughs> fulfilling is the word we're trying to define. It doesn't sound emotionally connected maybe is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I was looking for better definition and I figured I could get one from you guys. So what I have, what I have in my mind, the meeting of a requirement or condition, I think, I think it for me, it'd be like the meeting of a um, need or perspective, personal need or personal perspective. Um, because with, if you're fulfilled by something, well, I guess maybe this will be easier. I'll just tell a story, and if you can get something out of it, great. I teach at Ogden High School. Um, it's just a local high school in our area. And I get a lot of fulfillment out of seeing kids start to enjoy what is being hard for them to learn. So I teach them a whole bunch of different percussion techniques. And um, when we started out the season, a lot of them had no idea what was going on and it was very frustrating for them. But as like we had a rehearsal yesterday that 
went really well and there was a few questions like hey how can I do this a little bit better or um how can you, you know and seeing those light bulbs kind of click for people is so much fun for me and yeah, I know so some of them listen to this so if that's you good job you're doing good great j- good job <laughs> way to go powerhouses <laughs> and um I see fulfillment as kind of like satisfaction or like a sense of I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. This feels good. I'm, I don't, I don't want to say content because that's not necessarily the right word, but satisfied. Well, there's just real quick to go a little bit on scientific on you. There's the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And there's the psychological needs down at the bottom. And then you get into safety needs, which are, you know, psychological would be your air, your food, your water, your, you know, um, and then safety needs is personal security. You know, do I do I feel safe where I'm at? And then you can go up to being fulfilled. So my my thinking on this is when I was a young father, and I knew I needed to make money because we had a child when we were still in college. You know, Ashton and, and Michelle was pregnant with another. I knew I needed to make money. So I had to look at it because I was being fulfilled, not just by my job, but my passion was my family, right? I wanted to make sure that they never went without. So it's okay to have your passion not necessarily be about your 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 nine to five job, but you better show up to your job ready to work, ready to perform and have that passion so strong that you win. That's why I went from making... Um, a dollar amount. I within the first year and a half I was there, I got a forty percent raise because I was so driven to win at work and at home, my passion carried me through. Yeah, your passion of having enough for your family was pushing your job. So you were yeah, so excited my, to push and Right. Yeah. So my fulfillment came from, from doing good for my family. And for winning at work. Yeah. Does that make sense? So, and then I could start choosing, okay, what do I really not love? What do I want to do more of? What do I want to do less of? But I was still fulfilled, right? So I think that's important to feel the fulfillment of a job. And just another simple definition for me that kind of goes into that is just worth it. (laughs) Fulfillment is the feeling of worth it. You know, you go through go through suck through hard times and then you get out and you're like and you feel fulfilled you're like man that was worth it yeah and another part of fulfillment i have down here is that your needs are being met so since you really you're passionate about what you're doing are your needs met as part of the fulfillment so do you have the money (laughs) <laughs> right. really well, and, and that was it right at the base and then I'm going to go into the scorecard example real quick if I could I, I make a scorecard when I'm doing a job and for me this would look different based on who you are but I go into a job or a new um, a new experience and look at life different than the majority of my peers right I had a good friend ask me Roscoe how many different things have you done in 19 years. I go, well, why is that? And he goes, well, because I've been at the same company for that long. You know, and he did two or three different jobs. And he loves his job. He loves where he's at. He loves the company. He's really, 
he's fulfilled and he's passionate about the company. And he goes, well, what about you? And I said, well, here's the reality. I have a little scorecard and I'm like, okay, if I'm able to do this, if this is working, if this is working. So for example, if for me to stay inside a company and I've made some commitments on where I want to be financially, if the company's committed some of the vacation time, you know, or if I, you know, insert your need here. And so if, your scorecard is kind of like a checklist for what needs to, what needs to be there. Yeah. And, and by when. So, so a lot of people stay in a job because they don't think and they don't step, they don't think that sounded rude. A lot of, a lot of you are staying in jobs. Our listener can be staying in a job because they don't step back and look and say, are my needs being met? Am I feeling fulfilled? So take that checklist and say, okay, what needs to happen for you to be fulfilled? It might be a dollar amount. It might be your free time. It might be the way your boss treats you. It, you know, there could be any, any list of numbers on this scorecard and and give them a due date. Go ahead. A due date. Yeah. So like it needs to be done by this time. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't leave them open-ended because if they're open-ended, the problem is it's just like being um, in debt. If you don't have a goal and a target date, you don't have a reason to get motivated. You don't have a reason to change. But if you have a due date and you can be really honest with yourself and your boss and it's not happening, you both can part ways in a good, happy environment and they can be your best referrals for your next job. Yeah, and part of this is with fulfillment is your sense of self-worth. Absolutely. So do you feel like you're the best you could be in that position? I think it's where my brain goes at least. And and, and really, uh, let's be honest, you're not always going to be the, I love it. I was visiting with Scott Bell. We had him on a few, a a while back and he goes, look, I'm rarely the sharpest tool in the shed. You know, I always want to surround myself with smarter people because if not, I'm not learning anything. You know, and it made me laugh a little bit. Um, because to what you're just saying there is if you're not looking around and saying, okay, am I being fulfilled or my needs being met? I can't, I can't progress. If I'm not looking and saying, okay, what do I need to do different? I can't progress. doesn't mean that you can't stay in the same job. It just means you need to figure out what it is in that, that makes you tick. Yeah. And, um, kind of feeds into our next, section which is reevaluation. So if it doesn't give fulfillment, um basically go back to step one, what do you enjoy, and then go again. And um you didn't waste your time doing that job. It was a learning experience and you didn't waste your time. You just figured out something that doesn't necessarily work for you and what you enjoy and there's no regret on worrying about something that you didn't do if you tried it. And so I think it's important to try the options that you have. Um, well, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm dominating this conversation. I just feel like as a, as an individual who's been there, I can turn to our listener and say, Hey, Sam, Bob, Bill, you can change. It's Okay. And it's okay for your passion to change. And this is the best time in your 20s, 30s. Go out and try 100 different things that don't work. Because then you're used to failing. You're used to 
put pulling yourself back up and starting over and relaunching. And that way, when life changes, which it will, <laughs> that is one guarantee in this world, is that life changes. Ashton, are you the same person you were five years ago? I don't think so, no. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, I, I, I would guess that we're all in that stage. We're all developing. Life is going to change. The better we get at adapting and understanding that we can do it, the more successful we all will be. To finish up, I want to share a quote from Gary V. And he's really popular on social media right now. We see a lot of videos. And um, this quote is, you're not lazy. You just don't love what you do. And I really like that one. So, um, yeah, I mean, any thoughts on that? I just thought it was really deep. I thought it was cool. <laughs> well, the only, the only yeah, I, I do like it. I like it a lot. The only time you're not lazy, uh, the only time you are lazy is if you know you don't like to do it and you keep doing it. But if you're willing to say, look, I'm not passionate about this. I want to change. Then you're not being lazy. You just haven't found your real passion. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I think what he's telling yourself is be patient with yourself. When you wake up one day and, and it's Friday and you've been going through this for four months, it's okay to say, whoa, 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 I'm going to change. Or years. Ah, that's it fair, really, Gideon. Yeah. With this in mind, we're going to do another quick overlook of the steps that we've laid out. So first, what do you enjoy? Second is trial and error. Third, does it offer fulfillment? And fourth is reevaluate. So I challenge you, the powerhouse, and the people sitting around the table to explore what you like and find out your true what you're truly passionate about. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Adult and Decrypted. We really enjoyed having this week's conversation, and we hope you did as well. If you ever want to comment on the topics, you can send us a message to our website, adultingdecrypted.com, our email, adultingdecrypted at gmail.com, or through our Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn accounts at adultingdecrypted. If you have any topics for the show that you would like us to talk about, or if you are a parent and want us to talk about something your kids should know, send us a message on any of the accounts mentioned. If you'd like to be a guest or have an idea for someone you think we should have on our show, feel free to send us an email detailing your thoughts to adultingdecrypted at gmail.com. Adulting is teamwork. We have merch. If you want to show off your Adulting Decrypted pride, check out our website, adultingdecrypted.com, or our partner website, with shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash adulting dash decrypted. Lastly, if you enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us on our Patreon at Adulting Decrypted. Along with the benefits that come with our Patreon, and trust us, there are some pretty good ones in there, you will not only be helping us continue in the effort to make great content, but you will be part of a community of individuals all trying their best to adult. We appreciate you listening enjoying and leaving your positive reviews now the special song from gene and gideon thank you for listening to this week's episode of adult and decrypted we really enjoyed having this week's conversation and we hope you did as well if you ever want to comment on the topics you can send us a message to our website adultingdecrypted.com our email, adultingdecrypted at gmail.com, or through our Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn accounts at adultingdecrypted. If you have any topics for the show that you would like us to talk about, or if you are a parent and want us to talk about something your kids should know, 
send us a message on any of the accounts mentioned. If you'd like to be a guest or have an idea for someone you think we should have on our show, feel free to send us an email detailing your thoughts to adultingdecrypted at gmail.com. Adulting is teamwork. We have merch. If you want to show off your Adulting Decrypted pride, check out our website, adultingdecrypted.com, or our partner website with shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash adulting-decrypted. Lastly, if you enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us on our Patreon at Adulting Decrypted. Along with the benefits that come with our Patreon, and trust us, there are some pretty good ones in there, you will not only be helping us continue in the effort to make great content, but you will be part of a community of individuals all trying their best to adult. We appreciate you listening, enjoying, and leaving your positive reviews. Now, the special song from Gene and Gideon.